I'm grateful for God setting this up, this message up today, this portion of Scripture just for you today. And so, as I just mentioned, they were they had just been released out of jail. They were just miraculously set free, and now they're preaching again. And here they are, they're preaching again, and now they're in trouble again for preaching. And this is what happens. Things did calm down a little bit, but listen to Acts chapter 5, verse 40 says, after they had calmed things down, it says, the others accepted his advice. The advice was given, hey, let's calm down. Let's not, you know, kill these guys. So they calmed it down. So the others accepted his advice. But then they called in the apostles and had them flogged. Then they ordered them never again to speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. The apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they continued to teach and preach this message. Jesus is the Messiah. They didn't stop. They kept going. And what a message to share with you right before Thanksgiving. What an encouraging kind of end to this story. And there's several more stories, but we're going to be transitioning, obviously, for December. We're going to be doing a new series, and I have a new series at the beginning of the year. But as we kind of finish this story in the book of Acts and this series of messages, what a way to end the story. Now, if you read these verses... It's too easy, I think, just to read them through. There's, a, there's just a few verses. And it is easy to read these few verses and kind of move on and think, wow, that, that was a neat story. That was a, a neat way of ending. But again, we have to just really take in what's happening here. You have to take in that the disciples, all they were ever trying to do was good. Their determination, their desire, their goal in life was to do good, to do God's will. That's all they ever wanted to do. They wanted to follow their Lord and Savior, who was a loving master, who was great, who loved and cared. He watched out for the orphan. He cared for the homeless. He was there. He was the only one to probably touch those who were leprous. He was the only one that was breaking all the rules. That the man had set up. Man had set up. You don't you don't heal on the Sabbath. You don't touch the lepers. And Jesus says, but I'm the Son of God. I'm here to serve. I'm here to save. He was here to love. And the disciples, they just wanted to follow the loving Savior. And yet their leaders were upset with them. Their leaders were mad at them. Their leaders put them in jail. And now their leaders are severely punishing them. Now, you can read these verses, and you can get this idea, and I get this idea sometimes. When I've read these verses before, you kind of get this idea that they were kind of just battled. And then they walked out, and they were just praising God. Oh, they were dancing, and they were jumping around. Yeah, we were kind of worthy. Kind of reminds me of a story of Tara's brother, my nephew. My, Tara's brother had a son, and... Uh, as both sons, and I was one of them, he, he got naughty once in a while. And so I was spanked, and my nephew was spanked, and my brother-in-law was spanking his son because he was being naughty. And uh, after he got done spanking, he, uh, his name, we called him Jojo, his name was Joel, but Jojo looked at his dad and said, that wasn't so bad. 
I won't tell you the rest of the story. <laughs> I'll leave that story just right there that we always kind of like, well, that, that wasn't so bad. You know? And I've been spanked before. And, you know, my dad, when he used to spank, I never would have said that. And I never did that because you, it was bad and you felt it. But I would say after an hour of it, I was like, okay, let's just go back to living life. You know, that's, that's over and done with. I'm done crying. I'm moving on. And you can kind of get this idea that the, the apostles were kind of brought in and they were kind of spanked. And then they went away and they were just, oh, okay, the pain's gone. We're thanking God. But that is not what happened. That is not what took place in this story. They were flogged. They were beaten. And they were beaten by a group of people who had no problem stoning somebody for death to death for breaking the law. They were flogged by individuals who had no problem abusing the Son of God. These were individuals who were well-skilled in punishment. And so now place, now insert that into the story and make sure you understand that these individuals, that the disciples, they were bleeding. They had open welts. They had bruising all over them. There was severe pain. Their injuries were not one. Like my, when I was spanked, like I said, after a few hours, I was back to playing. It wasn't like JoJo, like, oh, that wasn't so bad. It was bad. It was horrible. And so you have to, just for a moment in these simple, quick verses, you've got to pause and put it into your mind that as they were bleeding, as they were carrying welts and bruising all over their bodies, as they were dealing with the emotional pain of being treated like trash, they had healed somebody, they had proclaimed the gospel, and now they're being beaten. And through that agony and through that pain, now, now begin to understand and begin to process and begin to accept and acknowledge that they said, we're going to praise God. We're going to worship Him. We're going to thank Him. And I have a, I have a strength in my voice, but it's, it's very possible that they didn't have a strength in their voice. But nonetheless, in their agony and in their pain, they said, God, Lord, thank You. Thank You. They decided to worship God with all of their heart. So this morning, the encouragement, is, I hope, is going to be very clear to you. Nothing should stop you from thanking Him. Nothing should stop you from praising Him. Nothing should stop you from saying every day of your life, when you wake up and you have breath in your lungs, thank you, Jesus. There are people who are sitting in a prison today that are saying, thank you, Lord. And these men were being beaten, and they said, thank you, God. We never have an excuse not to thank God. We never have an ex- a reason to say, sorry, Lord, today was a bad day. Bad hair day, bad car day, bad work day. It was just a bad day altogether. Uh, hopefully by tomorrow things will change and I'll thank you. No, we don't have that ability. We don't have that reason. We do have every reason every day to thank God, to worship Him and to honor Him and to give Him thanks. Now, again, I understand life. I understand difficulties. I understand pain. I've been there before. I understand that, uh, you know, I don't understand flogging, no. I don't understand that. And there's many things that you've gone through that I don't understand, but 
All of us have been through some type of pain. But I do understand that, you know, it, it can take time. I understand that uh, one of my encouragement, obviously, today is I want all of you here and all of you online, I want you to be ready, not just tomorrow, yes, obviously tomorrow and, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, but especially on Thursday because you're going to be together and you're going to be with families. I want you walking into that family room or that kitchen or that home, and I just want a spirit of gratitude to be filling your heart and your life. So that people are like, wow, you're really taking this Thanksgiving thing seriously. Yes, I'm so thankful to God. I'm so thankful that He's here and He's with me. But I understand this, that it's a process sometimes. I, I, I get it. And I think it was a process for them. I don't think they were being whipped. And, and maybe they were, but it's possible that it took them... It took them a little bit. Maybe it was a day after. We don't know. Maybe it was a day after. Maybe it was a few hours after. Maybe they sat there and had to take care of their wounds. And after doing that, you know, it took some time. You know, part in my mind, I, I know this, that not every family is perfect. We all have difficulties in families. And, and so in, in no way am I suggesting, you know, don't deal with issues in your family. Just walk in there smiling. My point is this, if there's a difficulty in your family, if there's a difficulty in your life, my encouragement is this. The, the, the solution to those problems, the help in those situations, the wisdom that you need through those difficulties will always begin with praising God. That's where it begins. That's where it starts. When you make that the first step to seeing victory in your life is thanking God. That's step number one. Step number one is saying, God, I'm going to thank you. Not trying to figure it out. And then we're, that's us. That's me. I guess I'll just talk about me. Me, I want to figure the problem out and then deal with thanking God later. And God said, no, that's how you get in trouble. <laughs> you start giving your suggestions and your ideas. Why don't you begin to worship God and thank Him? And when you begin to settle on that point, and when you make that your number one priority, then God can help you. Then you can begin to solve your problems. Then you can begin to deal with the difficult issues in your family or in your job or in your home. It's making that decision that says, I am going to thank God no matter what. I want a spirit of gratitude to grip our hearts this week. And not just this week, but for the rest of our lives. But I want us to practice this. I want us to live it out. So many times we allow our problems to overwhelm us. We allow our situations to overwhelm us. And going back to maybe it's the difficult situation in your family. And you let that issue overwhelm the Thanksgiving meal. You're like, you know, passing the potatoes to that one well. Here you go. Can't believe you're here again. You know, we, we, let, uh, we let those things overwhelm us. And what I'm asking you to do is not to ignore your problems, but I want our praise and a spirit of gratitude to overwhelm our problems, to say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let thank, get, Thanksgiving be the, the fragrance in our kitchen this Thursday. I'm not going to let that stench take over. I'm going to let the Word of God and the love of God and the peace of God come through my life, I'm going to let God have a spirit of thanksgiving through my life. You know, the disciples, you know what they did? They found a reason to thank God. 
And I think they had to really think about it. But they found a reason. And I can't thank God for, for my health right now because it's not doing too good. I can't thank God for my peace right now. I don't, I don't have that. I, I can't thank God that I, my life is going good. Oh, but wait. I found a reason, guys. Do you remember Jesus died on the cross? Do you remember Jesus suffering? Look, we are suffering just like Christ. We have been counted worthy to suffer for Jesus. Let's thank Him. Let's praise Him. I want you to find a reason this week to thank God. I want you to find a reason today to worship Him. I want you to find a reason in just a moment to sing again with the worship team. Yeah, let's worship Him. Let's thank Him. Let's thank Him for His good news that He's given to us. Well, we have asked some people, and I did get a good response, so we have um, some testimonies that we're going to share. And uh, the first two are, are, are live testimonies, but they're related to ministry as well. So you're going to hear a, a, a testimony, but you're also going to hear, I believe gratitude needs to have action. I believe that. I believe when you're thankful, if you're truly thankful, there's going to be action behind it. When I walk in here, and when I'm here in the morning, and I see the team warming up, I know that they are people filled with gratitude because they're here, and it's cold outside, and they could have slept in, and they could have, you know, enjoyed breakfast in a warm kitchen, but they walked in before you filled it up with heat, and they're here. Why are they here? Because there's gratitude in their hearts. God has done something for me, and I've got to come and give to God. I love, you know, walking out there and seeing our greeters and our usher here early. And I'm saying these people are grateful. There's action behind it. There's gratitude. We want to show that, not just say it and not just amen it, not just nod your head. Yeah, that's yeah, I'm grateful. No, no, no. Let there be some action behind it. So you're going to hear gratitude, but you're going to hear an opportunity to put that gratitude in action. And so Greg... Uh, Bogland, who you, many of you don't know, is going to come and share about the Compass Ministry that happens. Uh, it's a men's ministry that happens here on Mondays. And uh, Greg's going to grab this microphone over here. Yes. is a men's group that uh, meets here in the basement every Tuesday night from 7 to 9. And our purpose is just to encourage men in areas that you can talk about. Um, I wouldn't be up here if I wasn't qualified to fall underneath God's decision. But I can meet that um, And it's been a great, just a great thing.
So some of you might say, like, why this particular subject? You know, I look around society and I don't see anything happening with this area of the country. I don't search my own life, uh, television, movies, music. Don't search too hard. But I guess isn't a problem. Start going away. I don't think we're going to have. You're not going to ask me to come back up here in a year with a big sign that says "Mission Accomplished." Uh, maybe if I'm laying in a casket, there might be a sign that says "Mission Accomplished" in my life for this area. But uh, last year was a tough year for the Pacific State. It was, it was a fruitful year. We had several guys in the group celebrate uh, anniversaries of being soldiers. Also had a new guy that came in last year who got his stuff into the light as a Christian on Saturday service and he walked out of there and was uh, as Christ as God is not here as God is not here. He was a healer of healing and peace in the hearts and there we were doing that as a church so it was close. So if you struggle in this area or if you ever, because it wasn't my case, I didn't start doing it until I was 23. So I'm just throwing it out there as an advertisement. We would love for you to step up and help us out. Please come to us. We want to show you that you're not alone in your struggle. Uh, we want to give you hope. Uh, we want to help you deal with the shame that accompanies to feeling you are seen. Sad to say, like if I were to go to that meeting, people would be like, pastors in that meeting. You know, every one of us needs to be accountable, especially men. So, you know, we just got to get rid of all the stereotypes, right? And uh, I hope all of you men show up next Tuesday. Be a strength to one another, a support to one another. So it's it's for everyone. Terry Borders, please come on up and share with us about open friendship. You do have a flyer, so grab that near you, because she's going to address that as well. Good morning. I'm Terry. Uh, open Friendship Foundation has been uh, an outreach here in the Lamont community since Christmas, December, December 25th, 2005. Started with seeing the need of loneliness and pain and met it by gathering at a table. It's kind of ironic that we're talking today because that's what you'll do on Thursday. And many of the people around the table will inside be struggling. But by being together, we're able to bring light and love to that table and hopefully to that person to have them pour it out. And that's what started on Christmas Day 2005. And from Ferrer, every every outreach throughout the entire year is all focused on meeting needs. The need isn't just financial. I cringe at the term that Open Friendship helps the poor. Because nobody in this community or any of the community around it wants to be labeled as poor. And I believe, as Mother Teresa said, there are many who are wealthy but poor in spirit. So we definitely do not just meet the needs of the poor. 
They do in financial, physical, and emotional outreaches. They're trying to lift people in their struggles. So last week, I spent the entire week getting ready for the turkey outreach that we did yesterday. We've had to um, minimize what we used to do. We used to be able to give a lot of food to go around the turkey, but due to some virus, uh, we've had to go down to just doing turkeys. And you see, it's just a turkey. But when I'm reaching out and doing the emails and the texts and the phone calls, we brought a turkey yesterday to homes of a 35-year-old woman whose husband committed suicide and left behind a five, a four-year-old, and a five-month-old. And though that she could probably go out and get that turkey herself, right now she's in storm. And so to bring that to her, she was so grateful to have somebody just reach out and say, God doesn't need us. He doesn't need us at all, but he wants us. And he can't put his love and light into this community until we allow him to be the conduits. So when we're out there and we're reaching forward and handing something to somebody while they're struggling, we're letting God reach them and let them see that in their storm, whether it be loss or cancer or having to struggle with paychecks, we are loving them unconditionally. So this Christmas will be the 17th Christmas that we're doing this. Um, and it's a food. It's, it's cooked food that we're looking for. But also, the most important thing I would like to do is some people have a place to gather. They don't need the meal. Some of the meals that we offer become what supplies a whole family to call extended family over and say, hey, I couldn't have hosted this, but because people are doing this, I'm going to be able to feed more people, so come over. But the gift that we give is a bag, a care bag that goes with it. And it's cleaning supplies, it's paper products, and it's personal care items. It doesn't seem like a Christmas gift, but it is a huge gift to these houses that are struggling to eat foods and to fill voids. It's a great family activity because when you go out and you let your kids pick out some of these products, the shampoo or brushes or hair products or deodorant or cologne, um, they can understand that this is something that comes naturally in their home, but it doesn't come naturally in another. I'm shooting for a goal of 150 bags this year because those that um, don't need a meal they do need this outreach. And in there, we're going to hopefully put cards. We're going to put, uh, when they open this bag, not only are they going to be able to put it on the shelves and be able to fill some voids, but hopefully they're going to get some spiritual boosts and know that people around them aren't judging them, they're loving them. And that's what I think Hope and Friendship should be, is, um, and hope it always is, as it's just a conduit from those that can help to those that need help. So hopefully you guys will join me on this, and we will reach that goal, and we'll be able to put this bag, a bag of love, in front of a household that is struggling, and we'll bring God here. Thank you, Kim. All right, I'm going to ask my wife to join me. We have some more testimonies. Like I said, these two are opportunities to put your gratitude into action, so please take that flyer with you and let us serve our community with Terry, and uh, so take that there. So we have some testimonies of people who have focused on God. If they were to focus on their problems, they probably would not be have written out uh, these testimonies, but they chose to, to focus on God, and so we are going to, let's see, we're going we're gonna to share these uh, with you. So we're going to start with... Um, so some of you know that, oh, these are yours, that's why, thank you. <laughs> We're going to, I'm going to share uh, with you, some of you know, well, many of you know Beth and Keith, he uh, suffered a stroke, and uh, we know God was with him.
So I am going to share his testimony with you, and then Tara's going to share Beth's. He's a little bit longer. Isn't that interesting? The guy was longer than the... No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's a good story that both of them put together, and it's, it's going to be good. Keith wrote, I was on my way home from work at 4 o'clock in the morning. While I was driving, I started swerving and felt something odd going on. And by the time I got to 159th and Bell Road, I could not move my left side of my body. I got into my subdivision and called my wife and told her to call an ambulance. When I pulled in my garage, I couldn't get out of the car. The paramedics arrived and got me in the ambulance. On the way to the hospital, my left side came back. While I was in the emergency room, I was sitting there waiting for a CAT scan, and then all of a sudden, my left arm dropped. I could feel it coming on again. Beth went out to the hallway and to get the doctors. By the time they came in, I was in, complete, in a complete stroke on my left side again. Then they rushed me in for the CAT scan, and while I'm getting a scan of my brain, I had a moment of peace. That no matter what happens, the Lord is with me. I ask God to forgive me for any outstanding sins, and I know that I'm not worthy, but only by the blood of Jesus you can take me home if that is your will for me. Once I got out of the scan, the doctors wanted to give me a medicine called TPA. It's a clock buster. And they said, uh, they said time is of the essence in administering TPA. With the TPA medicine, the doctor did inform me that there's risk with that, and certain percentage of people can bleed out in other areas of their body. But I had no other alternative, so I just trusted the Lord with this, and it was my only option. If I was going to recover at all, so they administered that, and then the neurosurgeon was en route to the hospital. The surgeon still wanted to go in to clear the blockage out of my brain. But when he got in, the clots were already gone. So they said the TPA worked. You know that the timing of everything worked out. The fact that I was driving home and I was able to drive like five miles in the midst of a stroke and make it all the way home, and then the fact that at the hospital uh, the stroke came back so that they could help me, I knew God was helping me. The timing of the medicine was perfect. My left side was working again. And with that, I was informed that most people don't recover. The fact that I was informed that most people don't recover as quickly and I had a full recovery was a huge blessing and an answer to prayers. I know I had a lot of people praying for me and my family from the church. A day and a half later, I had full function again and was able to go back. I just know the Lord was with me, and I'm just thankful to be walking and being able to do what I do for my family. Thank the Lord for my family. Amen. Well, Beth shares... I called 911 and ran to the garage where he had just arrived. As soon as I saw him, I knew he had had all the classic stroke symptoms. Immediately, I started praying, Lord, this is in your hands. It's too big for me to handle. Please give me a calmness to comfort Keith and my children. Peace about medical care and focus, discernment to understand information and make medical decisions. Immediately, God gave me all I prayed for, and I felt his presence during Keith's entire experience. I felt especially comforted because I was just recovering from a surgery and not 100% myself physically. God is so good. Amen. They can focus on the Lord. I know we can as well. Here's a couple, two shorter ones, and then we do have one more good uh, longer one, but here's two short, Karen. 
uh, Rezzy's right. It's been a tough year for Karen, but she wants to thank God because her son Logan has been leading their prayer and Bible time, and Luke and James have been asking more and more questions about God and have joined in the Bible and prayer time. Thank you, God, for that. Amen. Aaron Tracy sent in over the summer. We felt God leading us to enroll our kids into a Christian school. This was a big step of faith, and we were trusting God to provide the finances. The morning after, we made this decision. We had stimulus money in our bank account that came as a complete surprise. This was truly a blessing from the Lord and confirmation in our decision. A few weeks ago, God opened the door for me to work part-time at the school. We are so thankful to our Maker and for His peace that passes all understanding in such uncertain times. We thank God for that. Amen. All right. <laughs> so I'm, I'm encouraged by that, of the whole idea of our children learning and growing more. And uh, I experienced something funny yesterday with Alexander at the park and some children were out there, little preteens, kind of being very naughty, and uh, she looked at me and was just watching them. I kept trying to distract her from what they were doing, but she looked over at me and she said, Mom, they're acting just like the people of Nineveh. <laughs> so, if you, if you don't know the story, open up your Bibles and read it. But what a privilege that we have to teach our children, and the power of our testimonies. It's so amazing. So I want to share this one from Pam Johnson, uh, and uh, may you be blessed by it. Many of you may remember my brother died unexpectedly last May. It was a shock and devastating. Almost immediately after his death and for several months after, all the pain along with those unanswered questions of why and how could God let this happen pulled me in a direction I had never been before. A place where I just couldn't feel God in my life. I couldn't pray or read my Bible. I had no desire or want to worship or go to church. Six years ago, I had lost both my parents within months of each other, and during that time, my faith was actually strengthened. I always felt God's presence, never lost sight of him. When my brother died, I felt lost from God, alone. It seemed he just wasn't there for me. For the last 16 or so weeks, Melanie and Barb and the Grief Share Ministry helped me work through my grief, listening to me, my questions, my heartbreak, always with sincerity, compassion, and understanding, assuring me I wasn't alone, that I wasn't really lost, I learned through those weeks that the suffering and all my pain and grief was somehow blocking me from him. I learned it's like being in a basement with the shades pulled down. It may have seemed dark, but the sun was still shining outside. He was always there. I learned that each loss is different. They helped me to find my way back. I gained a clearer understanding of so many things I thought I already knew about. Why we have to go through trials on this earth and why Jesus suffered while here. I was able to rid myself of some of the pain. I'm so thankful to Melanie and Barb and the help they have given me. Pastor Sid had reached out to me several times. We prayed over the phone. 
We met in his office to discuss my feelings of being lost and my questions of where do I go now. I had confusion over readings and verses I once believed in and held close. I'm thankful for his guidance, his help to redirect my thoughts. His wisdom helped me to look at the totality of the Bible and God's word and message to us. He helped me get back to reading my Bible. He assured me God and Calvary would always be there for me to help me through my pain. I am thankful for Pastor Sid and the time he took to help me. I'm also very grateful for all the hugs and words of sympathy, all the prayers, my dear friend Lisa always being there, my new Passion Bible, Tess and all her comforting words. I'm thankful to Jeremy, who when I called for help with the music for the funeral mass, through my sobbing, all I heard him say was, whatever you need, Pam. This Thanksgiving, I'm so very thankful for the people and fellowship that exists under this roof. I'm very thankful that I don't feel lost any longer and for my continued healing. I'm still sad and heartbroken, but truly grateful I'm here in church and singing again. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I invite the worship team to join Tara now. We're going to...